Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome back to Fragmenters, my friends. I am so happy that you are here listening once again. Thank you for all of the rating, reviewing, and subscribing you've done. We are just taking off on this little podcast, so thank you so much. Don't forget, if you would like to hear someone specifically or if you would like to be heard, just email me at d at fragmenters.com. You can join our Facebook group, Fragmenters, or you can leave me a five-star review and put your name in there. It doesn't hurt. (laughs) So today we have Irina Pabdunaya, and she owns TrackMage, and I am going to let her tell you all about it because it is just too cool. Irina, welcome to the pod. I'm I'm really excited uh, to be here, and uh, yeah. What do I even start with? Uh, So I can tell you what TrackMage is. Uh, So... Like, remember yeah. how you order uh, the product on Amazon and on Amazon, you always get uh, the notifications about like where the, the package is and when is it coming to you. Also, they ask you to leave a review uh, in the end of the process. And mm-hmm. uh, once you go back to Amazon to check your order status, you always see additional products you could buy. So we take all this uh, fancy functionality uh, and we make it available on our platforms that are not Amazon. So Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, ClickFunnels, whatever you can think of, just to provide the same uh, post-purchase experience for the customers and get extra sales as a bonus. Because uh, customers, when they check the status of their order, they are still buying additional products and they could be buying the same ones. So that's the whole uh, idea of TrackMage and that's uh, what it does. But how it started, it's totally different story. It's a wild one. I love that idea because the conglomerates, everybody's trying to compete with them. They get too big and then nobody can. So I feel like you've taken what they've made good and provide it to the little people so that we can, you know, start our own businesses. That's super exciting. Yeah, well, and to make it even more accessible, we have uh, the free plan for everyone who has less than 100 orders per month. They can use TrackMage absolutely for free and just get started without any additional overhead. With uh, small businesses, what is really challenging is that you don't have enough people that can serve the customers, so you have to do it yourself, and that distracts you from the things that truly matter, like maybe growing your sales or spending time with your family. It just depends on what kind of person you are and kind of business you're running. And this business was built just based on the personal experience. Mm-hmm. I got really tired of of my uh, nine to five job, and I mm-hmm. decided to bring some in- adventure in my life. And I went to China with my husband. At that point, we just got married, but like <laughs> we oh, went wow. to China. Yes, and uh, where we started the, the first business, the fulfillment center. And when we run it, like we've been running it for two and a half years without ever speaking Chinese. Like we only knew the basic phrases, everything else was achieved through technology. Like uh, you type it in the phone mm-hmm. and then it translates. That's how we communicate it. Well, it was like beyond challenging at that point because we were, uh, we didn't know a lot about business. But we just wanted to make it work. And we were not in our home country and I couldn't just pick up a phone and explain what ne- whatever I needed. 
Right. Like there were some <laughs> real crazy stories at that point. Like at some point we were calling ourselves um, not the proper Chinese word for the foreigners. We were calling ourselves woman Shinaligen, which uh, translates literally we are where from people. <laughs> which confused me to no extent. Literally all the reactions I was like, uh, I was just talking to the phone. There was this polite Chinese operator on the phone. And she's also like, way, way, <laughs> which means like, what? <laughs> what? That would be so difficult. So why did you guys decide to move to China and start there? Well, at what point it fo- we thought it was very tempting because we thought that uh, if we can come to China, to the source of all products, to really to the alma mater of uh, the entire like, the entire e-commerce industry, mm-hmm. uh, we just wanted to get the best prices and the best suppliers. But when we came to China, we just realized that suppliers are not enough. You need to have customers. First, yes. you need to have customers and then you need to have suppliers so we were literally stuck in the middle of those plazas plaza is a like it's a skyscraper dedicated to only selling uh, the goods of the same type so for example we've been to plazas that were selling just phone accessories which is like a 32 story building that's like wow. just packed with phone accessories and they were like very how, how to say they were very similar we, we didn't find anything uh, innovative or very out of ordinary there. Just like we understood that the whole world is buying very simple stuff <laughs> just, just based on that experience. Well, and at that point, uh, I was cured of uh, any kind of uh, shopping spree because uh, I've, I've held in my hands so many, I don't know, so many items of clothing, bags, uh, branded, not branded, lever. <laughs> clothes tissue like oh my god like so many things and at that point i just like i don't see any point in accumulating all that stuff so that's why so that's what i need to do i need to go to these plazas to kick my shopping habits <laughs> well you you gotta live there and maybe just i don't know start working as a supplier for other retailers that's how mm-hmm. how we survive and that that was a transformative experience at that point. I believe it. Now, are you still in China? No, uh, I'm in Bulgaria. We're back. And awesome. uh, but, but business, that's why I said like we've been running it for two and a half years. Uh, so why would we stay in China if we or why would we close the business if we moved out of China? Yet? So <laughs> how did you get into this type of work? Was that what you were doing in your nine to five? The nine to five was uh, very close, so very similar to what we've been doing in China. So uh, it was uh, just like I was an expert manager uh, in a company and I was shipping frozen berries in bulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Again, uh, we were dealing with containers, with uh, invoices, bills of lading, et cetera, et cetera. At that point, I thought uh, that I know a great deal about business and I can just manage any kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was a very false assumption <laughs> that I <laughs> that I came to understand. But uh, like when we came to China and like everything was different, everything, like I couldn't even speak to those people. It was literally the challenge just to ask for very simple stuff. We managed. Also, we made a lot of mistakes uh, that was inevitable because it was our first business and we didn't know the language, we didn't know <laughs> any of right. the customs, etc. So what we did actually helped me shed those uh, pink uh, stainted glasses. Like that's, 
the or maybe we were broken. But yes, we have rose-colored glasses because it's. I guess uh, once you go through what I went through, you you will not trust people the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from that to track mage? Well. TrackMage was actually the system that we developed uh, while we were in China, because uh, when we had to deal with uh, those hundreds of packages and uh, customers that were asking about the status, and uh, it was definitely challenging. And we had to reply to those customer queries every time. Uh, and uh, since we were in China, the time difference was drastic. And we had to reply at 4 a.m. sometimes. And uh, mm -hmm. I literally, like, I was always on Facebook or I was was available on WhatsApp just to reply to the customer questions. And that's uh, that's challenging when you have a lot of people asking that question. And we had to automate that part for ourselves. We automated a lot uh, more, uh, but those systems were already available on the market. And uh, like we, we automated inventory management, fulfillment process, also the shopping cart and everything else. But then uh, we just took this uh, piece of functionality that wasn't that widely available and made it into a software as a service that we offer to other people now who are in the same e-commerce business. So that's how we started. So you had an issue, you solved it, now you solve it for everyone else. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, and we do know all the business logic because when you are developing software, this is the most sacred knowledge. Uh, if uh, you can get some stakeholders or if you, you can get some customers to test your product and give you feedback, this is golden. That's when you don't know exactly <laughs> what needs to be done and how the logic is supposed to work. But when you've been there, uh, you've packed those like hundreds of boxes, you ship them and <laughs> you reply to every customer request and manage suppliers. It's no longer a mystery. I know what needs to be built. Like it's still not there yet, uh, not where I envision it to be. Because that, like track mage, uh, like the bigger vision for us is uh, just to track everything. Like the products, the effectiveness of the marketing, effectiveness of fulfillment, uh, not just like shipping and carriers, like a little bit wider than that. Yeah. But it takes time, unfortunately, to develop all the features and just to keep everything working. Because software, <laughs> whenever you change something in the software, it can break. And that's oh, why yes. we, we invest a great deal into testing and uh, making sure that it still works uh, after we make it, every change. Do you hire software engineers as contractors or do you have your own staff? I like uh, in the remote first world, uh, I don't think this question is uh, like, is that valid now? Because we don't have a remote, like we don't have an offline office and we mm -hmm. operate fully remotely. Right. The, the guys that I'm working with, they are full time and uh, they work per hour. Uh, so I believe they qualify as contractors. I just don't understand the difference. Like, uh, I just don't understand, like, what is the difference between uh, a contractor and an employee? Because in remote first world, there is not. There is not. Yeah, I no. was just wondering <laughs> if you had people on staff full time or if you just brought them in to fix one thing and that was it. Mm, that's very costly with software development because uh, the ramp up time uh, for every engineer to start on the team is close to two weeks or or more. Uh, and that's when they are only going to understand what they should be doing, not contribute or produce any value. So the longer the engineer works on the team, the more valuable they become. And that's why I always <laughs> hold them, because engineers are the most challenging position to hire for. Uh, everything else, uh, like virtual assistants and uh, maybe some SMM managers, they are replaceable. You can train any person to do that. 
but with engineers who need to develop a business logic and they need to maintain the code and etc well those people are very much like i would say their weight in gold is <laughs> close to their uh, value in the company so literally that is good to know see getting tips all the time so what has been your biggest obstacle in doing this startup well, I guess battling my own doubts, uh, because whenever you're starting, uh, you think that everything is going to run smoothly, it's just going to take off, and uh, it's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I'm going to be like the wonder, <laughs> let's say, like, uh, the wonder of the industry, like, okay, yes, like, they just, mm -hmm. they just grew enormously. But then it just didn't happen. Uh, and uh, we've been thinking that this startup, uh, we're just going, we already have a system. We're just going to adapt it uh, from what we've seen and what we've done. It's going to take a three months and we're going to launch the entire software. Well, it's been five years. We're still developing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it always takes longer than you think. That's what I'm learning in all of my businesses. I thought that we would have our construction workers hired, done, and have a working laundromat by now it hasn't even started yet so it takes so much longer than it's you think it should yes it's definitely a pain of mine I think uh, that everything is dragging on and on and that's why sometimes when I'm working on some secret projects I'm so relieved that nobody knows that there was a deadline except my yes. uh, contractors <laughs> because like I'm pressing them but I know that like okay I didn't tell anyone, but I'm going to do it. Like, so now I can do it at the pace that it requires. Just until I get the finished product to my liking and uh, it's going to be perfect. Well, there is no such thing as perfect, but at least like decent, <laughs> decent, to <Right>. shapeable. <laughs> well, especially in technology with everything changing and advancing so quickly, there cannot be perfection because as soon as it's out, you're already behind. Well, yeah, the, the amount of work that it takes to just get it out, uh, it definitely is. With no-code solutions, it's a little bit faster, but those no-code solutions, I don't know, are they solutions or problems most of the time? Because uh, you can, with no-code solutions, you don't have the flexibility to adjust it to, to the actual logic that you need. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a limitation here, limitation there, and you just don't get anything. Right. So it's, you can't get it to do customized exactly how you want it. Yes. Uh, it just gives you too many constraints. Uh, and when you're doing your own solution, it just gives you so many headaches uh, because you have to maintain all those dependencies. And like, you know, you have to think about like, oh, there's a new version. You need to update. And then like the entire thing breaks you just fix it mm -hmm. like ah uh, too many things for sure so do you have a formal education in this or did you just learn as you went along well actually it's like half half i've been working in this industry and uh, i've i've started as a project manager like that was uh, after the chinese uh, adventures uh, when we returned uh, i started working mm -hmm. online and uh, that was way before covid i started working online on upwork uh, as a as an IT project manager, and that's when I actually picked up uh, all the necessary skills. Well, originally I wanted to start as a developer because I thought that only developers can earn money, but I was mistaken. And uh, not not developers also learn like <laughs> they earn money, and uh, mm -hmm. that was that was the biggest revelation. Because at some point, uh, my husband, uh, like at the beginning of our career, uh, the rates were very low. My husband was working for $15 per hour. And he was a software developer. And I was working for 25. 
He was like, what mm-hmm. do you do? Like, I'm sending them Google spreadsheets. That's what I do. Like, I'm, yeah, that's, that's what project managers do. So that's, yes. uh, and he was just like, oh my God, like, they are paying you this money for that? Oh, now, now mm-hmm. with my current rate, like, what, 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 what? former version of my husband would have said like what yeah well I like to think of the project managers they do the one thing that the engineers don't want to do and they talk to people (laughs) so you're there so they don't have to talk to people (laughs) well that's not exactly true uh like at least from my standpoint uh the project manager and uh, the project manager in like engineering circles uh, they just keep everyone focused Everyone could talk Mm -hmm. like the business people, they could be talking endlessly. And the only thing we need to do is just uh, we need to understand what we are actually trying to achieve. And if we have very clear goals, it's possible to organize people to achieve those goals. And I I believe that this is the most important role of a project manager, because in the other scenario, uh, business people, they're going to talk endlessly and developers were going Mm -hmm. to develop the code uh, based on their understanding because they don't understand the business people. But if we focus them and uh, get them in the same room and uh, like force them to talk to one another, that's what... (laughs) That's what uh, you get in the end, because sometimes it just uh, takes to put the two people together in the room and be there silently, because they just they will resolve the issue. They just don't have to interfere. <laughs> That's very true. That is true. So did you do any college? Mm, well, I have a university degree, so like, uh, but in marketing. That's, uh, that's in marketing? Yes. Uh, totally useless degree, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Like what they call marketing, like what they call marketing during my university years, like it's nothing what, like what marketing is today. And it was like, yeah. that's why I say like, it's a totally useless degree, but still yeah. uh, I, I've got to. I have a lot of women that I think it's unfair when we're so young, they want us to pick what we're going to do when we're grownups. Cause we don't even know by then. Nobody so knows. a lot of women, yeah. A lot of women on this show have degrees that they've never used because they went into something else. So that's, I just like asking. So what has helped you the most in keeping this going in growing to what you have today? I guess being selfish because, uh, (laughs) yes, uh, that's the most uh, underappreciated trait, I think, Uh, because whenever you are trying to just like work, 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 like deliver to this, cater to that, person like making making sure that everything is on track it's very easy to lose uh, track of your own desires uh and your own uh needs uh it's been like track mage track mage track mage and no nothing for me and mm-hmm. uh, at, at some point i was uh very burnt very much burned out uh and i was just lying in my bed staring at my phone and crying literally because oh. i didn't want to do this anymore and that was like the lowest point uh in my life because i never thought that it was possible for me to burn out i didn't know it was possible but then i just slowly started recovering and uh, then i picked up one interesting thing that was singing and then like uh i went into improv comedy and then i went to uh, some like uh, like the pole dancing i mean like it's not yes uh, it's not very believable when you look at my complexion but um i i do <laughs> I, I did pick that up and 
it's fun. Uh, whenever you start treating yourself and you start to be selfish and uh, you just get like all the problems out of the door and uh, give yourself the time to recover and still reconnect with your inner self and reconnect with your goals, that's when magic starts happening because you just kind of like all this energy just does it appears uh, itself uh, previously when when i was just dedicating my whole life to track mage it wasn't paying off it just wasn't res- like reciprocal relationship it's almost like this abusive uh, boyfriend that doesn't, <laughs> that yes. doesn't do anything for you like why did you grow like what's, uh, what was the problem with the business but at some point i just said like okay i'm gonna mind my own business and my business is gonna mind its own business and that's when things started working better that is so important. I actually love to ask what you do for fun because I think it's so imperative to have something that's yours. Like I'm a mom of four kids. I have a husband. I have this podcast. I have my day job. I have my businesses. I have to have me too. So if I don't do something for me, like you said, you do pole dancing and singing and improv, that is so important to have something that's just you to remember why you do everything. Yeah. Do you have date nights or anything with your husband? I'm curious. Well, sometimes. Well, it's tough. (laughs) I would say that. Date nights with uh, my husband. We just live in this uh, small town where, like, there is nothing, nothing to do, uh, and he just doesn't share my interests. So, like, uh, <laughs> we do talk sometimes. Like, <laughs> I, I to see him. I, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Are you guys working together? Yes, we do. Uh, he's my co-founder. Like, that's uh, that's another problem. Like, <laughs> in itself. Yeah, I work with my husband too. And it I had someone on here, she called it being double married, because you're married to them. But then you're also a partner and work with them. So how has that affected you your relationship? Well, I think that uh, it's just this faint line in inside of uh, the human mind, like, uh, are you my co founder? or Are you my husband? At that point, uh, and it's always slipping eh? like the things intertwine and uh this is not healthy i would say uh that's why i always try to like draw some boundaries like are we talking as co-founders or are we talking as uh, close relatives what <laughs> what what would you prefer and that's like it's tough uh to just navigate the waters like where where should one relationship end and uh, the other should begin but like yeah I also I studied coaching at some point just to just to understand how to talk to people, how to understand what they want. Uh, and I'm still learning. I think like I'm a mediocre at coaching, to, to say the least, <laughs> because I'm always uh, I'm very strong, uh, opinionated, uh, I would say. And with coaching, that doesn't work quite well. You have to listen to right. the other person, give them the space, give them the ability to express themselves. And yeah, I just want to solve the problem. <laughs> like, why would you even struggle with that thing in the first place? Like, <laughs> it requires way more patience than I have. That makes sense. It's awesome that you looked into it, though. And have you seen a difference in your interpersonal relationship since you took some of those courses? The coaching stuff well it's been a it's been a journey i actually took the actp uh by i like uh, international coaching federation uh and that's mm-hmm. a very time consuming and like it was a demanding course like seven months of uh actual studies like in person well 
it did change me. Uh, I became a little bit more patient, a little bit more attentive to our people's needs. But I don't don't know if that's if that's what I want to do because uh, once I tried it and I understood like uh, how close that is to therapy and like how close that is to all those like uh, touchy feely woo woo stuff like oh no <laughs> that's just um, I, I, I can be a consumer of this stuff but I don't want to I don't want to work as a coach really yeah because I have yeah. our alternatives. <laughs> Right. I mean, you obviously seem to be doing well in the tech space, so there's no reason to leave it if you love it. Yeah. Like my passion is not really like tech space itself, uh, but rather the customers that I can serve. So just literally when I reignited my passion is what when I found my best customer for TrackMage. Uh, it was uh, this uh, online uh, cartoon uh, that was like it's really it's hand animated. Uh, it's created mm-hmm. by uh, two uh, wonderful animators, uh, Alina and Dmitri, uh, and uh, it's called Metal Family. So they've been creating this show uh, without any funding, without any studios, without anything, uh, just by themselves, and it took off. Uh, and uh, they amassed uh, the following of uh, 3 million people. And Oh, wow. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, it's enormously enormous popularity was also problematic for them because at some point they released the comic book uh, about the show uh, and that comic book they printed 10,000 copies and they thought that it's going to sell in two months it was sold in one week and then they had to ship all the things like they they had to deal with enormous uh, amount of customer support requests and all the hard stuff that we've been doing in China as well and like, and then we posted the video, uh, actually replying to the customers, like scolding them for not spelling their email addresses correctly or not spelling their uh, actual address, the physical address correctly, and just telling them like, okay, you should check uh, at the post office if your package has arrived. And I've seen like, oh my god, this is what I created TrickMage for. This is like literally the like the ideal use case. When I reached out yes. to them, to the celebrities. <laughs> On the on the mountain, I reached out, and I got the when we work we are working together already for a year and a half uh, by now, and it's going great. Uh, at least right now we have the peace of mind and the ability to focus on drawing the cartoon and releasing more content than just to reply to customer support or deal with some of those angry customers actually posting in the comments on YouTube because like, mm-hmm. oh, where is my, like, I just ordered the package. Like, what is going on? Like, oh my God. It was, yeah, it was challenging for them. That's exciting that you got your your big first contract. <laughs> well, yeah, I just love them. Like, I just don't, uh, I, I don't mind the size or any of that. Uh, I just like uh, the creators themselves because mm-hmm. th- that's the kind of uh, customers that I always wanted to have versus like the ordinary, right. like, uh, the ordinary businesses, I would say, because right. we just don't have that spark. Right. So I actually, I we met through Matchmaker and that's where podcast hosts try to contact podcast guests and vice versa. And on your profile, I love that it said that one of the best ways for creators to make money is through merchandise. And that is one of the hardest things to do. I mean, being creative is kind of difficult, but if it comes naturally to you, the business side and the shipping and tracking, it's so awesome having 
especially since you said if you have less than 100, you do it for free. It's a free service for creators. That's amazing that you offer that. Right. And it just eliminates the entire overhead of uh, having to reply to customers because we already know where the package is. It just automatically informs them before they even ask. And the best part is that customers, especially in the uh, merchandise uh, space, they are very eager to receive their package. That's why they check the tracking page like one or two times per day. That's what we've seen with Metal Family. And 10% like yes one or two times per day Uh, imagine that person sending like where is my order every time they check the package uh status like (laughs) where is my order where's my order it's almost like in shrek that's a famous scene like like one for five minutes like yeah so it's literally that and uh, in this is an opportunity because most of the businesses, they just provide a tracking number that can be tracked by UPS or FedEx or DHL that has nothing to do with the store itself or the brand or any like any relation to that. So the idea is that uh, once they are checking or they are looking, you can show them your social media. You can get more followers this way. Uh, you can show them additional products and you can show them your brand. Like just mm-hmm. at least a reminder like, oh, you're expecting it from this brand, not just some UPS uh, website. Right. Do you feel that being a woman has helped you in any way in your career? I would reply something like, I don't mind being a woman. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but I don't know if it helped because mm-hmm. like I, I haven't seen any advantages or disadvantages of being a woman. Like in China, for example, I've seen some interesting cases where with one supplier I was talking like oh you're such a young girl like oh that pissed me off so so hard because like I was like oh my god I could be a man I I could be from the moon like what 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 why does it even matter like you're such a young girl like who are you to tell me right so you don't think that it's helped you in any way or that being a woman having a different perspective has influenced the way that you've you've changed that you've grown mm, i have to be a man to tell because like i need to compare because like i don't know if it helped me or if it was hindering my progress if i can, could live this life again as a man like literally the same life i could tell the difference but right now like i don't i have no idea very good point so what advice would you give to someone wanting to enter into this career wanting to do something like this they have an idea for an app or a software or even tracking Mm, interesting so if we're going to get into uh, software as a service business uh, first thing i would start from marketing because if you do everything else but marketing uh, it will not be a success so if you do just marketing and then you create an app for already a gathered audience and you understand what they actually need and you solve it uh solve the problem that they have, this is so much easier than creating something based on your own understanding and then sh- trying to sell it to the people or finding the audience afterwards. So I would just uh, propose to start from literally like market research or building the audience and then creating some product for that audience. Because if you do it the other way, uh, first of all, what you will have is uh, this uh, long path without any feedback. Because you have to create the product, you have to test it, you have to ship it, you have to make sure that it works as as expected. Even if you take external funding uh, from investors, it's not going to save you (laughs) because 
what just gives you a uh, limited amount of money uh, on which you are going to build the product. It's uh, just imagine like you are building a house uh, or maybe even a hotel. And then you need to attract tenants to that hotel. If you build it in the middle of a desert, what are the odds that people are going to book uh, the rooms there? So that's mm-hmm. exactly uh, what happens when you are not gathering the audience or you're, you don't have an audience when you launch a new product. So it should be flipped. Uh, first, you gather an audience, you understand what they need. And ideally, those guys uh, that you gather, your audience, you should love them to bits. Because if you don't like your audience, it's not going to work between you two. That makes sense. And so maybe your degree has helped you because it was in marketing and that's one of the most important things. Yeah, well, it helped me, but uh, retroactively, uh, I didn't listen, I believe, to my professors. <laughs> it's hard when you're a kid to listen to adults. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I, I could agree with that. So I'd like to know, what's the best advice that you've received? Because you just gave us good advice. I want to know what advice you've received. That's really uh, The best you. advice that I received was from my uncle. Uh, he said that it's much easier to get uh, to get forgiveness uh, than permission. So <laughs> first you need to do it and then say like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't allowed. Like, uh, okay, yes. Uh, and then permissions are much harder to get. So sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes uh, some courage to do the thing. And then say like, oh, is it okay? Okay, great. And another thing is that uh, this principle can guide you to doing some things that other people think are impossible. When we came yes. to China, uh, a lot of people told us that it's impossible to open uh, a company uh, in Hong Kong. I don't know why. But then we did it. <laughs> we opened the company right. without any help. We just, we just literally... We went to Hong Kong so many times and we went to all those institutions. We read what was posted on the walls and like did research and everything. We did it. We did it without any without any help because like any help at that point was not affordable for us. Like they charged like $4,000 uh, for opening a company. And that way, at that point, it was enormous amount of money for us. It was too much. I love that. And I never looked at it that way. I've heard that before to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But some people are so afraid of change that you kind of have to do that because nothing would ever change. Nothing would get better. That's a good one. That's that's, that's the very thing that uh, just recently has been the late motive of my uh, recent uh, developments in my life. You get what you Mm -hmm. tolerate. Like you get what you tolerate all the time. Like yes. uh, in a restaurant, like you you order like latte and then you get cappuccino. You say like, okay, this is not what I ordered. Like exchange, they do exchange it. And then mm-hmm. if uh, the internet connection is very slow, uh, you just change the internet provider. And then it's just, right. it's miraculously better. And then we just, we get so... We, we just get so married to all those things and we just really we don't we don't experiment enough uh with what we can mm-hmm. do that's what uh, that's what i has have been experiencing and when when i started experimenting it's t- a totally different life it's like so yes. much better so richer so so more satisfying we only have this one life so if you if you're not sure, it really doesn't hurt to go venture out and try something new. I love that. Love that outlook. 
Now we talked about some of the things you do for fun. Do you still do all of those or have you like moved on to Actually, something else? These are the most recent developments. I would say like maybe yeah. a month or two, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, I picked up singing, improv comedy, and uh, like I enjoy everything that I do now. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I actually did pole dancing once for it was a bachelorette weekend, Ooh. and it was so much fun. And it was the best workout. That's what I loved. Everyone was sore the next day because trying to trying to lift yourself and swirl around, it's actually very hard. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Like people don't give it much credit, but it it's really hard. It is. So do you do any reading? Of course. Uh, I always uh, like recently I've I've been like since I'm staring at, at the screen all the time, uh, I wanted to give my uh, eyes some rest. But I listen to Audible all the time. Like I downloaded around 300 books by now. Uh, I don't know how many I finished, maybe like around a, like 70-ish. But still, uh, I listen to, to audiobooks all the time. And that's awesome. It, what, it's very good. What are you listening to right now? Mm, let me fetch my phone. Where is it? <laughs> uh, I think it's hypnotic writing. Uh, so like uh, or influenced by Robert Cialdini uh, I finished that book recently yeah is it any good well it is it is it is very good uh, he just gives you too many examples of uh, every uh, every statement that he has in the book but uh, the overall perceptive that it gives uh, it's valuable it's very valuable awesome I love to uh to share what everyone's reading because I, I'm learning that it's the group of people that you're around that usually influences what you see. So the books that I know are because my friends have done it. So the more people I get to meet, the more books I get expanded to because it's something I'd never heard of before. So thank you for sharing. Mm. Do you just read for knowledge or do you read for fun too? Well, I do read for knowledge because like based on my experience uh, over fiction books they're just they're not that entertaining like when, whenever i get yeah. uh, get to read some of the fiction books i always question the reality of what i'm reading and the skills of the writer i used to write some of the fiction myself and uh, mm -hmm. it just it just doesn't work anymore and i always wanted to like i guess uh, i'm currently treating books as those uh, small pills of superpowers you take the pill mm -hmm. of like hypnotic writing now you are a better writer <laughs> you take a pill of influence now you're you be, you understand better how to influence people like okay great like give me all the superpowers please please more that is such a good way of looking at it <laughs> yeah. that's why i keep buying more books than i actually read like <laughs> i want all the superpowers that's why i don't have the capacity to you know, consume all the content. Oh, that's the worst. I have a yeah. uh, bookshelf you see that's getting filled up with books and I can only read them so fast. I probably get three to four for every one that I read. Mm. There's not enough time in the day. Yeah, <laughs> but you still keep buying them because... <laughs> because it's another pill for a superpower. <laughs> I love that analogy. I'm using it. Awesome. So that is really all I have for you, Irina. I'm have loved this conversation and how can people get a hold of you if they could utilize your services if they just want to have a new bestie <laughs> where can they find you 
like my my favorite uh, social media at the moment is LinkedIn, uh, just because mm-hmm. I like the platform more than I like uh, everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. Like with uh, Instagram, like this is not my jam at all. <laughs> I guess uh, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn, Irina Padubna, mm-hmm. uh, and you can find my company at uh, trackmage.com. That's where uh, you can find us. Awesome. Well, I will definitely put those links in the show notes and make sure that everyone can reach out to you. Is there any other questions, anything else you want to throw out there to the audience? Just question the status quo most of the time. That's, uh, that's the general principle because everything everything is like, it's better it's better to try something new and see if uh, it works better than the old one. Uh, because you get what you tolerate. Uh, don't tolerate mediocrity. Don't tolerate uh, something that you don't like. Just get out of there. There is always an alternative way. And everything works out in the end. I- I've been through like yes. a lot of stuff for 10 years. Like it's just so. I love that. That is my life motto. Everything works out in the end eventually. And we don't have mistakes. We have lessons learned. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Irina. This has been a blast. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you, Diana. And uh, I definitely enjoyed this conversation and uh, have a great day. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmentors.com. That's D-E-A at fragmentors.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmentors. And I also have a Facebook group uh, called Fragmentors where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff. We put the hammer right down. Wanna be live?